Hey, thanks. Thanks, Danny. Hey, it's good to see you this morning. Um, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And um, uh, just just really thankful for today and, and what God has in store. I, I need to do a couple things. Um, first off, I'm going to ask David if, he'll, if he will uh, come up and get the table and chairs for me. Hey, I want to just do this really quickly. I want to thank you just for your faithfulness in giving. Um, it has enabled us to do different things that, that we don't think about probably on a regular basis. Today, it's, it's great to have one of our missions partners here with us. Uh, Dan and Christy Holman and their three kids are here with us today in service. And would you guys just lift your hand up? So that, yeah, no, not, not, yeah, just the Holmans, not everyone else. Uh, it's great to have them here. They, uh, they do disaster recovery and, and relief all over the country. Uh, I know they've been, in, they've been working a lot in Hawaii and what happened with the fires in Maui, and uh, they're based out of California. They are here with us today, so it's great to have them. And what I was saying is just simply this. Because of your faithfulness, we're able to uh, partner with missionaries here locally and around the world to uh, spread the message of Jesus in some really practical ways. We're able to do some things in here. I, I want to thank, we, we totally uh, redid uh, where instruments were on the stage. There's new carpet laid down. Um, we are in the process of getting ready to live stream our services, which means if you're not here, you can still see what's going on. Maybe you got to work, maybe you're sick, maybe you got sick kids at home. You're going to be able to watch, and, and that hopefully will be up and running here, maybe around Easter time. And so all, all, of, the, all of the giving, all that you do enables us to do that, so thank you for that. I want to say a, a quick welcome to our friends from the Cheshire home. Would you welcome them this morning? They were here with us last week, and, and they're with us again today. We love having you guys here. Um, our, one of our small groups that Tom and T. Bayless lead um, has been a, a, a part of us connecting to them. Uh, they go and kind of uh, just, just help them, build relationships with them, and love on them. And so uh, that's why they're here, and we're glad to have them here. I want to say a quick welcome to my parents, uh, Jim and Kitty Beachy. They're here from Virginia to celebrate one of our son's birthdays. Yes. They... So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot. I have a whole list of stuff before we even get into the message. Also, um, two other things really quickly. I, I want to let you know about Easter. It's only a month away, March the 31st. And next week, we're going to start a series that's going to lead us up into Easter. Uh, we're, it's called Abide, and we're going to be talking and kind of digging deep in you know, this relationship with Jesus is more than just believing and behaving. There's something more, and it's, it's about our communion and our connection to God. So we're going to dig deep into that through the month of March, and that's going to lead us into uh, our Easter uh, celebration. And this year, put this on your calendar. We don't have a lot of the details yet, but we're going to actually have a Good Friday service on Good Friday, uh, uh, March the 29th. And, you know, a lot of times we focus in on Easter, and we need to celebrating the resurrection, but we kind of just bypass what happens on and what happened on Good Friday. So we're going to have a, a midday service to uh, remember that with communion and some other things. So put that on your calendar if you are off from school or work that day and can be with us. I'm really excited about this morning and uh, really thankful. It's going to be a little bit different, but uh, we, your, your viewpoint's going to be better this morning than it normally is having to look at me only. Um, I'm going to invite my wife, Crystal, to come and join me up here. And would you welcome her as she comes? 
We get to, uh, to kind of tag team together in, um, in, in the message this morning, so I'm just thankful for her to be up here, and uh, I'll just say this, this is, this is out of her comfort zone, and so I really, really appreciate her be, being willing to be a part of what we're going to talk about today, because I think she brings a unique perspective, and, um, and so I'm, I'm really, really excited about that. We've been in this series, uh, Relationally Speaking, for the last three weeks, and last week you heard... One of our missions partners, Jesse McBride, continuing the series, and today we're going we're gonna to wrap it up today, and we are going to focus in on marriage. And quite simply, Jesus was asked this question, teacher, what is the most important commandment? And he said, listen, if it's to love God with all of your heart, mind, strength, and soul, and then also to love your neighbor as yourself. And so that's what this, this series has really been about, all the relationships that we have from from our spouse to our kids to our friends to our employees to the people we work with. How do we love people the way that we need to in our relationships? And so uh, today we're going to spotlight marriage. And, and let me just say this. Um, if you're not married, don't, don't tune out because some of the principles we're going to talk about for a few minutes today will translate into other relationships. And uh, so that's kind of where we're going to go together. And Crystal and I are just, um, we're pretty open and honest and pretty real, and you're going to see that today, and, uh, and so I'm going to turn it over to Crystal. We're going to start this morning with a little humor. So a woman dies, and she finds herself at the gates of heaven, and she sees St. Peter there, so she goes up to St. Peter, and she says, what do I have to do to get in? And he says, all you have to do is spell a word. And she says, okay, what word? He says, you have to spell love. Oh, well, I can do that. That's easy. L-O-V-E. And he says, congratulations. That's correct. Welcome to heaven. A few weeks later, he asks the woman to guard the gates of heaven for him. And he says, just be sure that you have the person spell the word before they come in. And she says, I got it, St. Peter. I can do that. Don't worry. A little bit later, she sees her husband walk up to the gates of heaven. And she says, honey, oh, my goodness, I haven't seen you in so long. How have you been? And he says, oh, you know, I've been doing really well. After you died, I married that pretty young nurse that helped nurse you when you were ill. We won the lottery. We bought a mansion, and we have been traveling the world together. In fact, today, we were in the Alps skiing, and I fell and hit my head, and here I am. So how do I get into heaven? And she looks at him, and she says, you just, you just have to spell a word. And he says, okay, well, what word? And she has a sly smile on her face. She says, spell Czechoslovakia. And there you have it, right? Um, <laughs> you, can see, you can see that play out. If that was the way to get to heaven, you could see that scenario playing out both ways maybe sometimes. Well, just quite simply, um, 
I, I really feel like today, and, and we are going to focus on marriage and talk about principles, but you can, um, you can, you can take these things that we're going to talk about from God's Word and from Scripture and these principles and really relate them to your, whatever relationships are important to you in your life. Now, some of them you're not going to be able to, but, but some of them you will. And so I just want you to kind of hang with us today. If you are not married, maybe you've been married and you're no longer married and you're like, I don't know that I ever want to go back there. Still, still hang in today as, as we kind of unpack these things together. And we've learned this over the years, and it's been through trial and error um, we get these things right sometimes, other times we don't do so well, but, uh, but I, I'm just thankful for the journey that we've been on for almost 25 years, and so, um, so you're going to uh, just kind of maybe see something related to that. So about a week ago, well, probably a couple weeks ago, Kevin mentioned that he wanted me to speak with him today, and my first, and he's asked me several times, actually. She and said my no first several time times. Is no, my like the first thing that popped in my head. No way, that's that's your job. That's not mine. <laughs> um, but then he asked again this time and um, said that it was on marriage. And a funny thing happened. You know, you're scrolling through Facebook or Pinterest or whatever, and I came across this story called the Marriage Box. And it just happens that we're talking about marriage today, and it says that most people get married believing the myth that marriage is this beautiful box full of all the things that they long for in life. Companionship, love, friendship. When in reality, the box starts out empty in marriage. And you have to put those things inside of this box in order to have a successful marriage. Thanks, babe. You're welcome. Love is not in marriage. Love is in people. And people put love into marriage. Romance is not in marriage. You have to infuse romance in your marriage. People, couples must learn the habit of putting things into their marriage box. And if you take out and continue to take out without putting in, you're going to find your box empty. Do we, do we need to show them um, a picture or two? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I, I listen, some of you don't know, my wife uh, has has a business as a photographer, and so uh, she, she deals with pictures a lot. But, but there are pictures that we were going to show them, right? Am I right about that? Okay. I'm a little scared for what you're going to see on the screen, not because of her, but because of me. But go ahead. This, this is how, how it started. started. No, we said it together. <laughs> that wasn't planned. That wasn't in the script. I, I got to say something. Go back to that picture for me, Diane, the first time. Um, our, our youngest uh, was looking, she's not in here so I can tell the story on her. She, she looked at this picture and she said, Mom, you look the same. You're just, you're, you're, you're beautiful, you haven't changed. Dad looks ugly. <laughs> and I, I, I got to tell you, my pride was hurt with that. You know, I mean, you're supposed to look back 25 years earlier and go, well, I, I looked okay there. And I've gone downhill since, but, but anyway. So You've I, gotten better with age. Uh, well, thank you, thank you. 
So Galatians, oh, sorry, this, this is how it's, this is how, how it was. was. This is how it is now. And this is how it's going. Yeah, here's how it's going with our kids that God's blessed us with. And we're thankful for them um, and uh, just, just, just really blessed. But it's, there's been lots of hills and valleys over the years, haven't there? Mostly Definitely. because of me. Mostly because of me. All right, I'm done interrupting. This is part of our marriage <laughs> cycle. She, I'm done. I'm zipping. I'm, zipping. <laughs> I'm going to look this way. Just tell me when you're done. Galatians 5, 13 through 26 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters, but don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit... You are not under obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, and wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross and crucified them there. Since we are living by the Spirit, let us follow the Spirit's leading in every part of our lives. Let us not become conceited or, provoked, or provoke one another or be jealous of one another. So the main idea here in these verses is that healthy relationships require us to live in the Spirit. If we want our relationships to grow and to be successful, we have to grow some fruit of the Holy Spirit. We have to add that love to our relationships, that kindness, that gentleness. Yeah, and, and really, it, to keep our, our hearts healthy and pure, living by the Spirit is, is what has to go on. And I, I think of how that relates to families and how we treat each other, you know, and having that Holy Spirit produce the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. You know, we, we talk about love and joy, and those are the ones we kind of list off to start, but there's also patience. There's also kindness. And I, I, I think for me, sometimes when, when the kids are frustrating me, um, when our, using kind words and patient words is, is the way to go. I don't always do that. I don't always get it right. But using kindness when responding to the kids is a big deal. Uh, showing love to uh, Crystal by, by maybe doing 
chores or things that she doesn't ask me to do, but I see need done. Um, you know, men, let me just be, speak to you plainly. Sometimes that, there's benefit in that. There's always benefit in that. Sometimes there's extra benefit in that later. Um, but but doing, um, you know, doing those type of things, allowing the Holy Spirit to produce that type of fruit in your life as you're living your life on a day-to-day basis can be a real big deal. Yeah, and that means when I hear mom, mommy, mama, mom, bruh, <laughs> 50 times a day, then I respond in kindness and gentleness to my children, which I always do, right? Yeah? Don't ask them after service. Well, in, in, in our home, we can be pretty competitive with each other. Um, and and I, I feel like I've gotten, I've toned my competitive, competitiveness down over the years. But, you know, we can have this thing where we try to kind of out-nice each other, and it, it turns into a game. How can, how can we serve each other? But I, I want to just say this about marriage. Uh, marriage is a, a four-letter word, and that word is called work because it's, it's hard work. And if you're married, you'll shake your head. E- even when you love your spouse, even when you like your spouse, it, it can be work uh, to survive and have a healthy, God-honoring marriage. And so today... For the next 15 or 20 minutes, we just kind of want to walk through uh, five principles that I, that I think if you're going to have a healthy marriage, if you're going to have a marriage that honors God, if you're going to have a marriage that sets the tone for what your kids see, if God blesses you with kids, and what your friends see, if you have that type of relationship, you're going to need to, to do these, these five things and others. This isn't an exhaustive list, but uh, we want to just kind of walk through this list together with you. You can find these notes on loop if you have loop on your phone and, and get them there. The first one is this. You need to learn to fight fair. And, and let, let's just be honest. There will be some fighting. There will be some disagreements. There will be some different perspectives. And the problem is just simply this. When, when if we just stuff and stuff and stuff our emotions inside and, and, and never release them, never communicate them, sooner or later it's going to blow up, it's going to leak out. Emotion will eventually leak out and it will affect every relationship that we have and even the primary relationship that we care about so much, which is within our family. Um, you know, we've talked about this before. Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount said, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall see God. There's a big uh, difference between being a peacekeeper in a relationship, and a peacemaker. It's easy to be a peacekeeper. You don't say anything. You don't deal with the issue. You you don't have that tough conversation. You don't confront in a loving way. It's easy to to keep the peace, but it's a lot more challenging to be a peacemaker because sometimes we just don't agree. Sometimes we see things from a... um, a different perspective and, and with different things going on. And so we, we have to work and we're, we're going we're gonna to fight. And we're not talking about physical fighting. We're obviously talking about just having disagreements. But there's, there's a big difference. We got to work to be peacemakers in our home, to, to do all that we can to be someone who makes peace. And the reality is just simply this. What that means is sometimes we have to lay aside our wants, wishes, and desires and serve the other person and prefer the other person. And, and that can be hard because by nature, who are we? We're selfish, right? We, and, and man, selfishness in a, in a marriage, in any relationship, can be a huge deal. Um, let me just say this, and, and then Chris is going to talk a little bit about how kind of we deal with conflict because we're very different people. Um, 
A lack of confrontation in your marriage doesn't mean you have a great marriage. Because what some of us do is we never, we never confront and we never talk about anything. We just kind of stuff it inside. We just kind of push it because we don't, we don't want to ruffle feathers. We don't want to have that difficult conversation. So we just we kind of push it into the closet of our lives. We hold it all inside. <laughs> Are you raising your hand over there? And, and, uh, and, and, and so lack of confrontation doesn't mean that you have a, a great marriage. Yes, many times a lack of conversation just means that you're not dealing with <clears throat> what's bothering you. Um, Kevin and I, we deal with conflict very differently. He um, wants to talk about the issue, like, right away. Let's talk about it. Let's get it over with. Let's deal with it. And I am more of a thinker, and I need time to process. I need time to think about what I'm going to say to you so I don't say something that I'm going to regret. And so we have had to meet in the middle with confrontation, and we've had to learn how to fight fair. Um, he's learned he's got to give me some time to process things. And that's super hard because I just want to jump in, and I want to go, and I want to fix it, and let's talk about it. And, um, and, and there have been times that that's caused the issue to even be bigger because I haven't given her time. So I've, I'm, I'm having to learn how to I mean, it's a, it's Listen, it's... It's a, it's a daily battle uh, to, to slow myself down, not to deal with it right away. Sorry, babe. <laughs> and I have to learn, he, he has to learn to give me time, and I have to learn to meet him halfway as well and to express to him what I need and what I'm feeling um, and not just clam up and not talk about it. Because, like he said... If you're just letting things build and build and build, eventually, what? They will explode. Conflict delayed, and, and I'm not talking about the delay that Crystal and probably some of us in here need in order to handle the conflict in a positive way. Conflict delayed is only conflict multiplied if it's never deal, dealt with. And so uh, I want to take you to Scripture, Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. This is really, really interesting it says this, now Paul is writing this to this church in Galatia, um, and this is what he says. It says, but when Peter came to Antioch, I had to oppose him to his face for what he did was very wrong. Now let me give you the backstory to what's happening here. Um, and this is, this is Paul, and this is Peter, two titans of the early church. They, they loved the Lord, they had, you know, they they had given their all to, to Jesus. You know, Peter is one of the disciples. Paul is one of the early missionaries planting churches everywhere. And um, so, so Paul writes this. And what had happened, Peter had been called to bring the gospel not just to the Jews but specifically to the Gentiles. But this is what was happening. Certain Jews would come around Peter when he was with the Gentiles, and, and, and he would do all that he can to avoid the Gentiles during those times because he didn't want to ruffle the feathers of the Jews. And so there was this, this tension that was there. And, and, and so Paul just said, listen, I, I, had to have a, I had to have some conflict with Peter to get the relationship right and to get him to begin to respond in a, in a God-honoring, Christ-honoring way. And so even here we see that that in, in our relationships, there's going to be times where there's tension and there's conflict, but how we walk that out and how we live that out can be a huge, 
huge deal. And that, that brings me to number two that we want to talk about today. And it's this, don't take everything personally. And that's easier said than done, isn't it? When there's conflict in any relationship you have, especially a marriage, when you, when you feel that tension, it's like you're, you're attacking me. You're coming at me. This is a, this is a, this is a personal thing. I, I, sometimes, um, I sometimes have thrown a tantrum. I know that's hard to believe. Um, and, and, go ahead. Okay, what are you can I just add, too, that okay. women in general, I'm not saying all women, but women in general tend to be a little more emotional than men. And you might be a woman sitting there saying, I am not emotional. Well, let me tell you, you are more emotional. That's just the way that God created us. And men can let a comment slide right off their back, and they're just fine five minutes later. But what do women do? We stew on it, and we think about it. What did they mean by that? Why did they say that? And then we just let that comment grow and fester, and we nurse it and baby it so that it grows. And instead of confronting the person and asking for clarification or why they said this, we just sit there and stew on it. And really, most of the time, it's comments that we know are things we need to work on, and this goes for men too, that hurt the most because we know they're true. Let me, let me take you to 1 Corinthians 13. It's a really familiar passage. If you've been to a wedding recently or at any time, you've probably heard this scripture read. Um, and, and I'm reading this from the, from the Living Bible because I, I, like, I like how it says this. It's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 5. It says, love is never haughty or selfish or rude. Love does not demand its own way. It's not irritable or touchy. It does not hold grudges. And, and listen to this last phrase. We'll hardly even notice when others do it wrong. Sometimes in marriages, one of our greatest abilities to, is to notice when the other person's wrong, right? <laughs> They're wrong, I'm right. They, they've got it wrong, I have it right. And so we, we have to be self-aware of, of where we're at in this whole process. We take things personally sometimes. We see what is wrong in the other person, but we don't effectively and honestly look at ourselves and go, well, what, what part did I have in this conflict? What part did I have in, in this, uh, this offense? And, and so we need, to be, we need to be honest with that. And um, we, we've learned something, and Crystal's going to share kind of this, this halt principle. So one way to stop taking everything so personally is to use the HALT, H-A-L-T, principle. When one of these things in my life is going on, it's easier for me to be irritable, and it's usually towards the people who are closest to me in my life that I'm the most irritable to. Believe it or not, I know. I can be irritable. The Hall Principle. I didn't say H, anything. H, yeah, you didn't say anything. H is for hungry. If I am hungry, I am not going to be nice. Hungry equals hangry. Right? Hangry is no, a real thing? No. Oh. H is for hungry. Okay. A is for angry. Okay. And you put those two together to get a deadly combination, hangry. That's a real thing. Have you experienced that? Yes. It's a real thing. L is for lonely and T is for tired. 
So if you think about why you're behaving the way you are, you're not excusing the behavior, but you're becoming aware of your behavior. And I'm going to say this too, sometimes women can take the H and it can be hormones instead of hungry. But men, do not tell your woman that she is irritable because of hormones because it will not end well for you. There are some days, though, that I tell Kevin, I'm not in a good mood. I'm just warning you. I'm apologizing already if I snap at you. I don't know why, but I'm just in a bad mood. He'll tell you. I've it's done a, that. That's asking for forgiveness on the front end, right? Before the, uh, <laughs> before the offense happens. So if you want a good marriage, you have to work on you first. You are the only one that you can change. I, I love what Psalm 119, uh, 165 says, and this is, in the, this is in the King James Version. It says, great peace have they which love thy law. Talking about God's word, we love his word. And nothing shall offend them. And so I, I think in a, in a healthy marriage, in a healthy relationship, we have to learn to take offense off the table. We have to remove it from the equation. Um, you know, that, we're, that we're not going to allow offense to sit there and to hold us captive and to cause our mind to think in a bunch of different ways and to go off in a place that isn't healthy or isn't good. And so, God, I'm going to love your word. I'm going to follow your word. And when I do that, when I, I've implemented that into my life, um, the offenses that I pick up from people in my life, from coworkers, from friends, from family, from my spouse, I, I'm not going to let that just stew and sit there. I'm going to deal with it, and I'm going to take it off the table so it doesn't do damage to who I am as a follower of Jesus. And Colossians 4, 6 says, Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. You can be a strong woman and a kind woman at the same time. Tone is everything. How we deliver our message is just as crucial as what we say. And it can take a conversation up or down real fast. It doesn't, it doesn't take long for tone to affect it. And uh... Have you ever received a text from someone you know, text doesn't have tone. That's one of the things about text comments. And you can't read text and you can't read tone in text. So you get a text from someone and you read it and you say, Don't text me in that tone of voice. <laughs> you know, one of the texts that I hate to get is whatever. Because you can't, you don't know if they're just like whatever with an eye roll or if it's whatever. You know, you just can't tell in a text. Well, sometimes people try to use emojis to, uh, to communicate tone. I, I can't figure out emojis, so I don't. I, I, I'm there scrolling on my phone going, what emoji? I don't even know what this emoji means. I've sent some bad emojis before to people that didn't fit with the text. I was, I've stopped that. I've stopped. Sorry. Sorry. Um, and another thing is don't talk bad about your spouse in front of other people. Or say things that purposefully invalidate them, him or her, in front of others. And I'm not saying that if there are issues that you can't go talk to someone about them. But you need to be careful who you vent to. Make sure you're venting to someone who's going to give you godly advice. That's good.
Hey, we're going to talk about a couple more things. Number three um, is the posture of submission. Now, I know this word submit and submission can be a, a very, um, a word with a lot of controversy, but, uh, but, but I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a biblical thing, and Crystal's going to share a little bit about that. Um, Ephesians 5.22 says, Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands as you do to the Lord. And Jesse touched on this a little bit last week. Um, the word submit has gotten a bad rap in our society. And this verse is often drastically taken out of context and grossly misinterpreted. It doesn't, have, it doesn't give husbands carte blanche to be tyrants over their wives. Is that French, carte blanche? <laughs> I'm I don't sorry, know that's... what language it is, but I, sorry. I felt smart saying I it. I like so. it. I like it. I like it. <laughs> I like that. Healthy submission allows both partners to thrive. And a very important part of that verse is, as you do to the Lord. As Jesse mentioned last week, submission isn't based on merit. We do it out of our love for the Lord. And if you read the verse just above, it says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So all believers are called to humble submission to one another. And submission, women, means trusting your husband as a leader while still feeling able to share your opinion which, again, will be full of grace and seasoned with salt, not full of frustration. Husbands are designed biblically to lead our home, and submission gives our husbands the strength to lead how they were designed. So let's turn the coin over, and number four, talk about the posture of surrender. Um, Ephesians 5.25 says, And you husbands... Show the same kind of love to your wives as Christ showed to the church when he died for her. Let's just pause in that scripture right there. The same type of love as Christ showed to the church when he died for her. Why, why is that language used there? Probably for multiple reasons. It's a reminder of the ultimate sacrifice that Jesus made for all of us. But I, I think as it relates to our relationships and as it relates to marriage specifically and submission and surrender, um, it, it's just simply this. Dead men aren't selfish. You've never met someone who's dead who's selfish. And so um, as men, we, we, need to, we need to handle our responsibilities and we need to lay our lives fully down for our wives and put them first. And, and, and that's easy to say from a stage on a Sunday. It's hard to live out. But it's what we're called to as, as, the, as the, the men and the husbands in our homes. Um, men, for, for us, I think some of our greatest marriage breakthroughs happen when we learn to surrender to the Lord and, and surrender to what he wants to do in us and through us. And um, I, I, I just, I, I know that, that, it, that it's hard, but it's all about trusting um, what God set up and what he designed for marriage between a man and a woman. He's the one that designed marriage. It was his idea. He created it. He created Adam and Eve in the garden. He put them two together. Um, and and there, there is a, a huge reason for that. So not only is submission a, a, a part of the husband-wife dynamic, but surrender is as well. And if we don't get both sides of the coin right, it doesn't work the way that God wants it to. 
And uh, there's a lot more that we could say about that. And I realize there, there might be some people here today, your spouse maybe doesn't know, know Jesus, isn't following Jesus. And I mean, we don't have time to go into all those dynamics and how you walk through that. But, but, but just know that as you walk through your relationship with your significant other, you're not alone in that process. God is right there with you. Um, and that leads us to the last thing that we want to share about today. Um, and we've titled it this. For you, it might be called something else, but we've just said, have coffee time. Um, you can call it what you want, but it's time for you and your spouse to connect with each other. Um, time to communicate with each other. If there needs to be confrontation, you have that in this time. Um, it's finding time. And listen, our schedules are slammed. They're busy. Jobs, responsibilities, kids. Uh, it's interesting. I talk to people that are retired, and they're like, I'm as busier now than I was when I was working. And I hear that sometimes. We, all of us have jam-packed schedules, but we will make time for what's most important to us. And shouldn't our relationship with our spouse be one of the most important things in our lives? Um, so that coffee time is big. What, what do you want to share about and, that? And uh, one big thing is it's you and your spouse. If you have children, your children are not tagging along. You have a different time for family time. And try not to talk about the kids. Talk about something else. That's hard sometimes because our whole, our whole lives revolve around our kids. Our schedule, our calendar, our priorities. And, and so but that can be a challenge. But when you break through that, it will help you have um, intimacy in your relationship. These, these times of coffee or lunch or going for a walk together, just the two of you, it creates intimacy. See, I think we've bought into this lie, especially as men, that sex creates intimacy. Well, that's a byproduct of intimacy, and Jesse talked about that last week. Um, it, it's interesting um, that if you read through the, the King James Version of the Bible, you don't see the word sex mentioned at all, but what you see is this, the word intimacy, and, and it, it actually means to be known. Uh, you see, and so you read through you read through Genesis about Adam and Eve and the first family, and it says, Adam knew his wife. And it's this Hebrew word, yadar, and it, it simply means to know intimately. Um, so the, it's the byproduct of knowing each other and, and is, is this intimacy. And it's one of our greatest human needs, besides food and water, is to be known. We want to be known by someone. We want someone to know us. And say, you know what, I know you, I know who you are, I know your flaws, I know your great character traits, and I love you in spite of it all and because of it all. And that can be such a powerful thing, but it's carving out time and a schedule, and that's, that's challenging. We found that to be challenging through different seasons of life when kids are small and our kids are a little bit older now. When you're, you know, if you have kids we have out of the home. We have adults and babysitter now. That's true. We do have that. That helps. Um, so these are all things just to, to work through. And the, 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 the big idea is just simply this, is that God wants us to have marriages that are healthy, that are thriving, that are flourishing. And I think every marriage represented in this room, probably it's not on this trajectory. It does a lot of this. And, and that's, not, that's not a bad thing, but so many times we, we let what should be one of the most important relationships in our life, we just kind of put it on the back burner. For career, for kids, for what we like to do on the weekends, for time away with the boys or trips with the girls. We put, not that those things are bad, but we, we have to give priority to our most important relationships. And that's, that's, that's a way that we honor God. And, 
Listen, every marriage looks a little bit different. We have different personalities. We like to do different things. We find different ways to, to make, make it work. But these are just some of the things that we're learning as a married couple. We don't have it all figured out. Um, but I, I feel like our marriage is healthier today than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Um, and, and part of that is because, because of uh, we're learning things about each other even after being married for this length of time. And maybe you never stop. And I know we have some people in this room. I can think of two couples off the top of my head, and there's probably others that I know have been married more than 50 years, and they're still learning about each other. They're still having to uh, serve the other person. They're still having to uh, love the other person even when it can be challenging. And those are choices that we make, and they're choices that honor God when we make them. Do you have anything else you want to do or you want to share? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's a good, uh, so a good one, thing. So one of the things, um, Kevin actually started this. I get things right occasionally. <laughs> he bought this little box. It's called Questions for Humans. And when he first said, you know, he wanted to do these, I was like, that's so cheesy. But it actually is really fun, and there's a lot of things on here that you wouldn't normally think to talk about as a couple. Or you can even do these as a family with your kids. But there's a different box if it's as a couple, it's just just you and your husband, Um, or or wife, your spouse. Um, And they range from you know silly to serious. So a couple of them, I just pulled out a couple examples. It says, if you could keep one exotic animal as a pet, what would it be and why? I'm not answering that right now. Yeah, you're going to answer it. I'm not prepared for that. Come on, that's that's an easy one. You wait till the third one. This was not part of the plan. (laughs) Um, I I, I don't really... uh, I don't have an exotic game. A llama. I want a, a llama. tiger. I want a llama. A tiger? I want a tiger, yes. They're fuzzy and soft and cuddly. They love to cuddle. <laughs> All right. Another one. What household chore do you hate the most? And let me just say, this is a great time for you to hear your spouse <laughs> uh, what chore they hate to do, toilets, and say, hey, I, I'm going to surprise you this week and clean the toilet. Is that a word from heaven? Hint, hint. We, we just hear So those are fun ones, and this one, I wouldn't recommend asking it at the beginning of your date. Maybe wait till the end, because if you ask it at the beginning, that might be the end of your date. What is something I do that is super annoying? And you don't have to answer that one here. Hey, thank you. you. And and if you're here thinking, I don't do anything annoying, just ask your spouse, because I'm sure there'll be something. So... um, Listen, we, we want to we do all that we can to, um, you know, to help marriages be God-honoring and thriving and healthy. And, uh, and I, that's important for our families. It's important for our friends to see that. And, and we want to honor God in all our relationships. And marriage, marriage is an incredible gift of God, but it's an incredible challenge too. So what we'd like to do to respond today, um, if you are here um, and you're married, and if you're sitting by them, it makes it even better. But I... I'd like a, you. Just, we're going to take just a minute, and I want you to pray for your spouse, whether they're here or not. Whether you left on good terms this morning, if they're here, or if they're not here or not, um, we, we're just going to pray. Pray, pray for the marriages that are represented in this room, and uh, that, that we would honor God in them, that we would 
uh, handle ourselves in a way that the Bible tells us to and how to make the relationship the best that it can be in a way that it honors God. And so um, we're going to do that right now and, and, and just take a minute and, uh, and, and pray together. And, and then we're going to come back together and, and, uh, and celebrate. And did you say if you don't have a spouse yet or you don't have a spouse, just or you don't pray, want a spouse. For, pray for your relationships with other people in general. That's good. Let's pray together right now. Father, I thank you so much for every uh, marriage that's represented in this room. God, I thank you for bringing men and women together to make themselves uh, give a commitment to each other for a lifetime. And I, I just pray uh, for every marriage that's represented in here, maybe some marriages that are struggling, maybe some marriages that are thriving, maybe somewhere in between. But God, would, would we honor you um, in, in our most important relationships? Would we honor you and would we make choices and um, interact with our spouse in a way that, that brings a smile to your face? Would our words be full of grace? And uh, would we learn to serve each other first? Not serve ourselves, but serve the other person. God, I, I thank you um, that you are, you are pleased when we handle our relationships in the right way. And, and so our, our desire and our prayer is that you would make that happen in our homes, with our kids. Uh, would you make it happen with our friends that we spend time with? Would you help it to happen in our relationships with people that, that love you? Maybe people that we go to church with, people that we go to small group with, people that we serve with, with our, with our bosses, with our employees, with our coworkers, with our neighbors. God, that we would do everything that we can to not only love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, but to love people as well, love our neighbor as much as we do ourselves. And so help us to do that, Lord. Um, and would people see a difference in us because of the way that we treat them, because of the words that we say and the way that we act. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, thank you so much. Would you just stand to your feet right now? And um, Mickey, Mickey and the worship team are going to lead us in this song in, in kind of closing today. And I just, I just want to thank you for being here. Uh, ladies, don't forget tomorrow night, a ladies' night out, Steve's Marina in Long Beach. And uh, be a part of that. That'll be a, I think there's like almost 40 ladies gathering tomorrow night for dinner. But uh, God is good to us, isn't he? He's good all the time. We're so grateful and thankful for all that he's done. And so as they lead us in this chorus that we sang earlier, would you sing out and worship the Lord as we wrap up our time together?